Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's all stand and give God a praise. Come on, let's all stand and give God a praise. Come on, let's bless his name this morning. Praise God. He is good. And is, he's worthy to be praised. Amen. I say he is good. And he's worthy to be praised. Father, we do bless you and we thank you so much for this awesome opportunity we have to gather ourselves around your word. We thank you for the word of God is alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So thank you, Father, that we're going to receive the incorruptible seed of the word of God that will be planted upon good ground and it will bear fruit some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. So I thank you and praise you for transformed lives today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. High five somebody near you say, this is my day, this is my day, this is my day. Praise God. Tell somebody else, say, I'm increasing my capacity to receive today. I'm increasing my capacity to receive today in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles today, real quickly open them up to Ephesians chapter number three. Uh, we are in our year of enjoyment. 2019 is our year of enjoyment. And John 10, 10 in the Amplified tells us that the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life. Say with me today, enjoy life. Come on, say it again. Enjoy life, yeah, and have it, what, an enjoyable life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Glory to God. We serve a God that loves to overflow. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. We started a new series on last week simply called The Fullness, The Fullness, and so we're going to jump back in that on today. Uh, over in Ephesians chapter number 3, beginning at verse number 14 in the New King James Version, uh, it says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. Praise God. Verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Y'all read this with me together. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Everybody shout the fullness. Praise God. So we're talking about the fullness that we mentioned to you last week. That fullness simply means the state of being filled so as to leave no part vacant. So when we're talking about the fullness, we're talking about something that's jam-packed with no more room for anything else. Praise God. And that's what God desires for us all to experience the fullness. Praise God. Now, we said this is very important to understand and remember as we're going through uh, this series of lessons is that the fullness of God comes through the Spirit of God. Okay, the fullness of God comes through the Spirit of God. Why? Because the Scripture says that we would be strengthened with might through His Spirit 
in the inner man, through his spirit in the inner man. The spirit of God or Holy Spirit is the part of God that still resides in the earth with us. The Father is in heaven, the Son is in heaven, but Holy Spirit is in the earth realm. He's in us and he's in the earth, praise God. So he is the hand, he is the, he is the muscle of God, praise God, that's making things happen in the earth realm, in us and through us. Are you with me so far? Now, we, we looked at some things as a background that we've been made in the image and likeness of God. Now that word uh, image means that we've been made of, of a duplicate kind. When God made you and I, he looked at himself to make us. Glory to God. I don't know about you, I like that. And the Bible says, and likeness. Now that word likeness means that we are to be like him. Scripture says, as he is, so are we in the earth. Well, I ain't getting nobody happy about that, praise God. No, we're supposed to be like God. I said we're supposed to be like God. Now, this is what you got to understand. If, if God wants us to be like him, he must give us the equipment and the equipping to do that. Because it would be unjust of God to say, be like me and then don't provide me with the equipment or the equipping to be like him. That's where the Spirit comes in. So the Spirit comes in and provides everything we need to be like him. Glory to God. Because I've been made in the image and likeness of God. I don't know about you. I know I've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise God. God broke the mold when he made Wayne Fry. Praise God. Amen. He did that good of a job that he didn't have to duplicate himself. Amen. Tell somebody, say, there's nobody else like you. There's nobody else like you. See, you're, you're an original. You're one and only, praise God. Somebody may look like you, but there is no one just like you. Praise God. And you ought to celebrate that, praise God. Now you hear what I'm saying? Got to love you some you, praise God. All right? So we looked at some things, and we, uh, we started, uh, we looked at this, we said, hey, we wanted to look at the ministry of Holy Spirit because if the fullness of God comes through the Spirit of God, then I need to have some, and we need to have some understanding of the ministry of Holy Spirit uh, in our lives and in the earth realm. Because, see, if we don't understand his ministry, then we'll, we'll be living without, even though it's been provided. Is that making sense? So we looked at last week the ministry of Holy Spirit in us. Everybody say, in me. Yeah, in me, praise God. Because when we got born again, when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit moved in. He moved on the inside of us. And he brought everything of God with him. Shout, he's in me. That's why the Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Come on, somebody. So when you got saved, your old man, your old spirit left, and a new man came in, and then Holy Spirit took the liberty to move in as well. Bible says he's in you, and he'll be there forever. So we've seen some, um, some, some ministry of Holy Spirit in us. We found out that Holy Spirit abides in us forever. We understood that Holy Spirit is our counselor. He's our helper. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. He's our strengthener. He's our standby. He's the one that leads us in the all truth. He's the one that shows us things to come. And he's the one that gives us revelation of the word of God. Can anybody say amen in this place? 
So when you look at all of those benefits that comes through and by receiving Jesus and receiving Holy Spirit, we're really not lacking anything. But what we need to do is we need to find out how to appropriate that which we've been given. Because we, we're so used to doing things on our own. We're so used to, to, making, to working, on our, working it out on our behalf. How many of you know that, it's, that some of the first things that we do is we try to figure it out on our own before we then go talk to God? And then we don't talk to God until what we've tried to do don't work and we've messed things up. Come on, somebody. And, and we don't see how we can turn it around and then we go crying to God, God, help me. And he's, he's gracious, and he really should say, you should have came to me first. And I'd have helped you avoid all this stuff, but God's not like that. God's a God of love. How many glad about that? Praise God. He's a God of love. He said, come on in here. Come on, let me talk to you. Praise the Lord. Let me comfort you. Let me strengthen you. Come on. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me be your advocate. Come on, somebody. And so he, so, he, so, he, so, he, so he reconciles everything so we can hear from him again. He says, this is what you need to do. And you're like, oh. Because it's going to be so simple, you'd be like, man, I should have thought of that up front. But no, it wasn't your job to think of it. It was Holy Spirit's job in your life to give you that wisdom, but you need to give him place. Hundred neighbors say, give Holy Spirit place in your life. Come on, in your life. Yeah, we've all been there, including me. I got this. I got this. I, this. This is nothing. And be tearing stuff up. Okay, okay. I, I'll keep talking about me so y'all can laugh and be chuckling. Ha, 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 ha. Because if I start talking to you, but I, you'd be, jaws be poked out. But we've all been there. Like, I get this. You know, we, we, we think we got it all figured out. And if I just do this and I, I put this over here and I, and I do this and, and I got this coming in. And if I get, you know, just work this in here and you got it all planned out. And then if one thing doesn't work, then the whole thing tumbles down like dominoes. And then you cry like, what am I going to <laughs> And God says, you should have talked to me first. He wants to help you. God is not going to control your life, but he wants to help you in life. Yeah, I know we have bumper stickers. I know we have sayings that say God is in control. But folks, let me give you some, um, some truth. He is not. See, look at you all quiet now. <laughs> if God was in control, we would have no lack. We would have no sickness. We would have no scarcity. We would have, we would have uh, no shortcomings. We would have, no, we would have no problems with anything if God was truly in control. How many of you ever seen a, found, found a problem with God? You can't because he has none. So if he was in control, you would have none. Oh, Jesus. So the mere fact that you got some areas you still need to work on means that God is not in control. He says the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. He has not removed your free will choice. That's why some people are not here this morning because they chose not to come. Because God is not in control. Because if God was in control, there would be not a seat open in any church across America. 
Because he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves like some do. So in other words, God wants everybody to come and fellowship together. So if God was in control, there will be no empty seats in any church around the world. So the mere fact that some people are not here this morning proves that God's not in control. There are people residing in hell today. Why? Because God is not in control. Why? Because if God was in control, everybody would get saved. The Bible says it's his will, it's his desire that all be saved and none perish. So if God was in control, there will be no one dying and going to hell. Have I made my point yet? But see, we like the fact or we like the thought that God is in control because when things don't work in our lives, we can say it's not my fault. It can't be my fault because God, because God is in control. And so God must want me to go through this. That's why I'm going through this. No, he doesn't, baby. He doesn't want you to go through anything. But he'll let you if you choose to. You're still crying in the house. Y'all don't want to give up on that. Y'all don't want to give up on, on, on that thought because, again, you want somebody to blame. You want somebody to put this on. And when you say God is in control, then, hey, I, I, I just got to sit around here and wait until God changes mind. I guess I'll get it when God get ready. No, 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 he's already done it. You'll get it when you get ready. Oh, y'all don't like that. Okay, let me, let me go to Scripture. Let me see if I can build y'all up. Because y'all took a little robo-dope there, praise God, but it's good. All right, so, <laughs> does everybody understand my point? Okay, I didn't ask you if you believed it yet. I said, do you understand my point? There will be no, it will be no murders. It will be no, it will be no uh, racial problems if God was in control. Because God is love. He says there's no, no Jew, no Greek, no male, no female. So there's no, 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 no gender issues with God. There's no race issues with God. There's no, there's no, there's no love, it, no, no hate issues with God. See, it will be, it will be none of, it will be perfect peace if God was in control. Thank y'all for that one amen and three moans. Thank you so much. But see, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta grasp this. You have to grasp this because if you don't grasp this, then you won't do your part to be better. You see what I'm saying? Like our, our pastor apostle, he said that God didn't fix his marriage. And, and, and that, was, that, was, that was bad news for me because I was hoping that he'd fix mine. Then when he explained to himself, he said, God didn't fix our marriage. He said, I fixed my marriage. We fixed our marriage. Now, he did it with God's help, but God didn't do the work. You see what I'm saying? And see, that's when, that's, when, that's when we move up, when we understand that we have a part to play in partnership with God, then we can see some progress. But folks, if you're sitting on the sideline and you're sitting in the, in the chairs in this place and you're waiting on God to do it for you, you're going to be waiting until Jesus comes back. And you're going to be the exact same way you've been all this time because he is not going to do it for you. God will never do what you can do for yourself. Amen. 
I said, amen. Just ask Paul about it. Paul went to God three times, prayed and said, God, take this thing away from me, this thorn in the flesh. He says, could you remove this? And, and, and God, didn't, God didn't take it away from Paul. God says, my strength, is, uh, my strength is sufficient or my grace is sufficient. In other words, Paul, tap into what I have and you can take care of the thorn yourself. Amen. Amen. And thank y'all so much. Yeah. Jesus caught the woman in adultery. You know, she was set up. But he, she caught, she, and he says, all your accusers are gone. And he says, you go and sin no more. He didn't say God has removed the sin from you. He said, now you go and make decisions. Don't do this again. Now, we can do that with God's help, but God is not going to remove it from me. So if you've been crying, God, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, change your prayer. Pray, God, strengthen me, strengthen me, strengthen me, strengthen me. And then you get rid of it yourself. Can I move on or what? Oh, this got to be my lesson today. Y'all on the fence. Can I move on? How about this side? How about the middle? Okay, all right, I can move on then. Go to Luke 24. Praise God. I gotta straight, you got to straighten some things out. Because, see, if you don't, have, if you don't understand, you know, some things, then, then you, you'll live life well beneath your means. Amen. That's why people, you know, people live for years with excuses. Well, I, I, didn't, have, I didn't have a father in the house. Okay, okay, you, but you're 28 now. Okay, I'm, I'm, you're 42 now. How long are you going to talk about you didn't have your daddy and you're 42 years old? You mean to tell me you ain't have time from 18 to 42 to make some decisions on your own? It's got to be your absent daddy's fault? Now, I'm not advocating that at all. If you, if you, if you got children, you ought to take care of them. If you're not with the mama, you ought to be paying child support until they're 18. Oh, y'all don't like that now. And mamas, you need to make them pay it. Don't talk about no meet me on Friday and give me some money. No, you better put it through the system. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put them through all that. Well, then they put you through all that. Now what if he don't show up on Friday? Now you're ready to fight. Your children, it's not about you, it's not about him, it's about the child getting everything that they need to get. Can I get an amen in the house? But once you get out of the, the responsibility of your parents, you got to stop blaming your parents. They did the best they could. And some of y'all didn't help them at all. <laughs> some of you buck wild, crazy, just hard-headed. And then you're going to go get out of the house and blame them for, blame them for what they didn't do? What, 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 what didn't you do? Y'all just give me a minute and pass, let me pass it a little bit. Y'all, y'all, you be all right. Praise the Lord. I'm going I'm to I'm help y'all before it's all over with. I'm helping you now. Praise God. But no, I, I, I mean, my, my father passed when I was 12. And before I was 12, he was never there. But I can't be, I can't be my age and be talking about I ain't have a, I ain't have a father. Come on, I got to learn some things on my own. I got to grow on my own. I got to take care of my own. Come on, y'all. And there's so many grown folks. I mean grown folks. I'm talking about 30s, 40s, 50s. 
are just still living, that, living behind that excuse, and, and, and that's the excuse why they haven't done better in life. That, that, cannot be no, that cannot be an excuse any longer because information and, and knowledge is so available now that you have no excuses to sit, at, sit on the couch and be a, be a, be a nothing. And God didn't make you to be a nothing. He made you to be somebody and to make a difference in this world. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And you got to get up off your rear, behind, end, buttocks, whatever you want to call it, and do something. Hind parts. My grandma said hind pots. Y'all grandma say the same thing? She ain't, she ain't spell it P-A-R-T-S. She had P-O-T-S, hind pots. Well, if you don't get yourself together, I'm going to get them hind pots. So I thought it was hind pots until I was like 20-something and I looked, in the, looked, in, looked it up and said, that ain't, it, it, that ain't hind pots, it's hind parts. It's the parts that's behind you. Can I get a witness in the house? <laughs> Glory to God. You can't sit on the couch and, and, and get the fullness of God. Can't be lazy and sleep all day and get the fullness of God. Amen, somebody. Okay, I think y'all are good now. Y'all got your dose of pastoring. Praise God. Let me get back in the teaching mode now. Luke 24. Luke 24. Praise God. Ah, glory to God. You know, sometimes we just need a little, little boost, a little encouragement. Isn't that right? I said, isn't that right? God is not the reason why you don't have enough. He is not the reason why you are not as successful as you want to be. He is not the reason why you, why you didn't finish school. Hello? He is not the reason why you got marital problems. He is not the reason. Out of all those scenarios, there's one common denominator, and it's spelled Y-O-U. Amen. I said, amen. Now remember, uh, I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm going to Luke 24. Uh, uh, Jesus met that girl at the well. And um, Jesus, you know, was ministering to her. And uh, uh, Jesus said, uh, you didn't have five husbands. And the one you with, not your husband. So that means she was the sixth man. And probably had men before the five husbands. She don't need no man. She need to be by herself. I see y'all don't like that, praise God. But see, we want to blame the man. But she was with all five of them. So you mean tell me all five of them was bad? Oh, gosh. How many glad y'all came to church today? How many glad you? Okay, I right, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Okay. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. Glory to God. Yeah, but she's a common denominator out of all, all, all five, uh, five marriages. So I think at some point she needed to look in the mirror and say, what's up with you? She needed to put an either or the sign around her neck. <laughs> either or the off limits, out the game, whatever. Just, just put big old cardboard, piece of cardboard out of order. 
Now you can blame the man who tried to still put something in it when it said out of order. Now you can blame him. But she needs to just let everybody know up front that I'm, I'm out of order. I'm, something, something not right with me, so, so leave me alone until I take this sign off of me. Amen. Amen. So why don't we just go ahead and make that relevant and, and, and talk about today. So ladies, if you're if you single and you're still mad at the one you just broke up with, just put a sign up. Just put one of them big billboards and just say, I'm out of order. I'm out of the game. Don't talk to me. I don't have no phone number. Because there's some internal healing that needs to take place. There's some mind renewal that needs to take place before you sabotage some other relationship. Amen. 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 Now I got to talk about the other side now. I see, see, I see the ladies like, I, they, ladies wouldn't even let me go to Luke 24. You better talk about them men, Pastor. You better talk about them men. You better talk about them. Yeah, same, go same for the men. 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 Praise God. If you've been to three or four relationships in the past three or four weeks, You need to go ahead and put that out of all the sign up there and say, listen, I'm out of the game. I don't have no phone number. I don't have no page of phone, nothing. I don't have nothing. Don't FaceTime me. Don't do nothing. Leave me alone because there's some stuff that I got to work on up in me. Praise God. And it's probably self-control at the top of the list. Because you're burning, bro. You're burning. Three, four relationships in three, in three or four weeks, you burn them. <laughs> Jesus. My, just just going to be honest, just put on the sign, I'm burning. <laughs> ah, but the unfortunate thing is some, some, some of that don't even make difference. Some lady be like, well, he got teeth. I, he, he got teeth. He got teeth. <laughs> He got teeth, so praise the Lord. He got teeth. I, I guess I work with that. Praise the Lord. Everything else jacked up, but he got, but he got straight teeth. Lord Jesus. Have we, have we gotten to that? Well, Pastor, look at his smile. But he don't got no job. He got bad credit. He's still living with his mother, and he, and he can't communicate. But he got, look at his smile, though. He just got the nicest smile. But he's going to be driving your car, using your gas, living in your place where you pay the rent, eating your food. But look at his smile, Pastor. Really? Are you just, just all you need is a smile? Get you a picture of somebody to put up there. <laughs> Jeez, glory to God. Luke 24, can we teach today? Y'all have ran my clock out. Can we teach today? I say, can we teach today? Can we teach the word today alone? Luke 24, come on, let's go. <laughs> Praise Jesus. But that was helpful, probably not for anybody in the auditorium, but I know it was helpful for somebody that watched this on our campus. And probably for your cousins. You're going to go home and minister to your cousins this afternoon. Hey, cousin, let me tell you something, man. You need to be out of order. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to throw you out. My pastor said. That, that's, that's what he did. Who your pastor? Who your pastor? Pastor Wayne Fry. 
He don't even know me, so let's just leave it alone. Praise God. I'm trying to help you. Luke 24. We're going to finally get there. Praise God. Now, so we want to transition from the ministry of Holy Spirit in us. Now we want to look at the ministry of Holy Spirit on us. Okay, on us. Let's look at Luke 24. It says, behold, verse 49, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to take a look at that scripture again. And that word upon, U-P-O-N, I want you to do something for me. I want you to mentally split that into two words and make it say up on. Okay? So we read it. We said, behold, I send the promise of my father up on you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you endure with power from on high. So we looked at last week, Holy Spirit's ministry where? In us. And so today we want to look at Holy Spirit's ministry up on us. Everybody clear? Praise God. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. And let's uh, see how far we can get on today. And uh, if we don't uh, finish today, we'll, we'll jump back in uh, on, the, on next week. Praise God. Okay? Um, today you're getting two lessons in one. Praise God. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse number 4. Let me know if you're close, please. Look at this. It says, And being assembled t- together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. That looks uh, similar to what we saw in, in Luke 24, right? He says, don't leave where? Jerusalem. So now we understand he's talking about the same, same thing, the same scenario, the same event, okay? Praise God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Praise God. Therefore, verse 6, when, you, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, when will or will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or season which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. So guys, don't worry about when God's going to redo all this stuff. But what you got to understand, but you will receive or shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come, y'all say it, up on you. Y'all seeing this? Come up on you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Everybody say, up on me. So we looked at the ministry in me last week. Now we're going to look at his ministry up on us this week. Now, how many realize that up on is different than within? You agree with that? So now we're talking about Two different, two different experiences that can occur in the life of the believer. One, where Holy Spirit comes within. Another, when the Holy Spirit can come up on. All right? Let me see if I can make this plain. Like right now, you are within the auditorium. 
So if somebody drove through the parking lot and they didn't know what car you drove, they would not know you are within the auditorium. But now, if we all took a field trip and went up on the roof of this building and all stood on the end of the building where the drive is, then if somebody came up here, they would be able to look up and say they are now up on the building. Y'all see what I'm saying? So now, this experience of Holy Spirit coming up on us is supposed to be more noticeable to others than him coming within us. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to get this. Why? Because the primary, the, the, the primary ministry of Holy Spirit within us is for us personally. But the Holy Spirit coming up on us is for us and for others. Because we need to be empowered not only to live a successful and holy life ourselves, we need to be empowered to help others. Are y'all hearing this today? So he says, listen, folks, you're going to be you're going to be baptized with Holy Spirit not many days hence or not long from now. But you shall receive power uh, when Holy Spirit has come up on you. Now, this is not saying that you didn't receive power when he came within because you did. Because you cannot separate Holy Spirit from power. He is power. But that power has a different, uh, a different intent within than up on. The power that we get from Holy Spirit within is to, to empower us to live on top. Are y'all getting this? But now he wants us to get a power that comes up on that not only will continue to benefit us, but will benefit others because he said, you'll be witnesses to me wherever you go. So in other words, God wants something up on us to help people see Jesus in our lives. Y'all hearing this? So let's walk through the scriptures today um, because uh, we, we, want, we want you to understand this because if we're talking about the fullness, I don't want to leave anything out. If I'm going to get the fullness of God through the Spirit of God, then I want everything he has available to me. I don't want to leave anything, praise God. You know how you be like when you go to the buffets, you try to clean, it up, clean them out? And you sit down and you have first, second, third, and fourth quarters of your eating because you want to get everything that they have available for the price that you paid. Come on, somebody. Isn't that right? So in the same way, if God has provided things for us, folks, then we, we should want to have everything. Does that make sense? So let's look at this. Now, when we're talking about baptism, because he says you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, you've got to understand, in Scripture, there are three baptisms uh, mentioned or taught in Scripture. How many? Y'all good class. Praise God. Three, now, first, of, first one is the most important and the only one required for a relationship with God is the baptism into the body of Christ. That's the only one that's required for a relationship with God, and that is the baptism into the body of Christ. In other words, the born-again experience. Everybody clear on that? Okay, because Paul talked about it in, uh, in Corinthians, 
I think Romans and, uh, Romans and Corinthians says we've been all baptized into one body. And so everybody that's saved, no matter what denomination they are, no matter what local assembly they, they connected to, everyone who's accepted Jesus is in the body of Christ. Okay? And that's the only one that's required for a relationship with God. So you can have that one and that one only and still have a relationship with God. But what, we're not just talking about minimum. We're talking about what? The fullness. Because how many know you can get a degree with C's? Isn't that right? But we don't want to be average. We want to be above average. We want to be, we want to get the fullness of our education. Come on, somebody. And you don't get a fullness of education making C's. Y'all looking like C. C, good. Praise the Lord. We need almost C. Has a C. I'm just thank God I got a C. Yeah, thank God you got a C, but you could have gotten an A. Say amen. Because I guarantee you, one who's gotten an A have received more from their education than one who's just got a C. They got the same degree, but they're not going to be able to function in the same amount when they get out of school. Amen. How many glad they don't put GPAs on your degree? Praise the Lord. What you talking about, pal? I graduated shoe. Amen. So it's baptism where? Into the body of Christ. Second baptism that it talks about is a baptism uh, or, or the water, or water baptism. Now, you shouldn't be water baptized until you've been baptized into the body of Christ. Now, if you are like me, they, they got it backwards with me. They say, you need, to be, you need to be baptized. And I was told when I was supposed to be baptized, or when I was going to be baptized, my aunt tapped me on the shoulder and said, go up front. And what did I do? Because I was taught to respect your elders. Okay. I didn't know what I was getting into. I just went up front. The pastor was all excited, shook my hand. He said, come on in, son. Come on in, son. Praise the Lord. Everybody praise the Lord for this young man. Praise the Lord for this young man. And I'm like, I, I don't know why they praise the Lord because I have no clue what's going on right now. I've just been told, go up front. So I went up front, and I officially joined the church, and then they going to schedule baptism. Ain't nobody talked to me about Jesus yet. I'm talking about my experience. I'm not talking about your experience. I'm talking about my experience. There ain't nobody talked to me about Jesus yet. So they scheduled my baptism. I got my, got my little white outfit on, praise God. Got on down in the, in the water. Water was cold. It chilled my body, but not my soul. <laughs> Sound like y'all been having similar experiences. Still nobody told me about Jesus, so I got water baptized. Everybody clapped. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm like, I just need to dry off. So I got up, and now, now I'm a member of the church. Now I, I get to get my envelopes. I get to get my envelopes with my number on it. And I need to tell the folk how much I'm going to give every week, and I'm good to go. But they left a whole lot out. Because I should not have been water baptized until I was born again. Is this all making sense? And then third baptism that we are, the scripture teaches is baptism with 
Holy Spirit. Okay, baptism with Holy Spirit. We saw over in, in Acts, chapter, uh, Acts chapter 1, it says, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Now, who is speaking in this particular passage of Scripture? Jesus was speaking. So now, the first truth I want you to catch out of this, uh, this second part of this lesson, the first truth is this, is that Jesus released the baptism with Holy Spirit. This came directly from the mouth of, of Jesus, the Christ, the Savior. Now, this, this is important because the Bible says Jesus only said what he has been instructed to say by the Father. So if it came out of Jesus' mouth, then God was okay and is okay with it. Come on, talk to me now. So now if Jesus released it, then it cannot be from the devil. Are y'all getting this? It cannot. This baptism with the Holy Spirit cannot possibly be from the devil because Jesus said, you're going to be baptized with Holy Spirit not many days hence. So now if the baptism is from Jesus and not from the devil, then the evidence of the baptism is also from Jesus and not from the devil. Y'all got to hit this, because I got I to hit this strong because the devil wants to keep you out of, try to keep some of you out of the fullness of what's been provided for you. And because of the lack of knowledge and people not shutting the word and rightly dividing the word, we have left people confused and confused people can't receive. Why the Bible says that God is a God of order. He is not the author of confusion because he understands if confusion is in the house, people can't receive. And that's why the devil wants to get into ministries and the local assemblies and try to stir up strife and stir up confusion because where there's no confusion, nobody can receive. And you end up going through the motions. Are y'all with me today? Praise God. I pray none of y'all have an appointment at one today. Maybe a little behind, praise God. Because we got to get into something. I just stepped into something and, and I, I got to get somewhere. Okay, look at this. So what's the first truth? Jesus released the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So now the baptism of the Holy Spirit has to be from God. You agree? Okay, now if the baptism is from God, then the evidence or the results of the baptism must also be from God. Is that right? Okay, praise God. Now, so that's the first truth. Verse 8 says, and, and Acts 1 says, you shall receive power when or as or after, King James says, Holy Spirit comes up on you. So there is a power that you do, that you do not have with him just in you. You do have power with him in you, but there is a level of power you do not have until he comes up on you. You follow me so far? Now, it's important because I can't expect to walk in the fullness of the power of God if I only have him in me when the Bible says that there's a power that I get when he comes up on me. Ooh, I wish I were more excited than you are. Praise God. But that's okay. Go, go to Acts 2. Go to Acts 2. I believe you will by the time we leave. Praise God. Praise God. Y'all all right? Come on, you all right? Shout hallelujah. Shout amen. Shout glory to God. 
Shout, I'm open to receive. Yeah, got to get this. And see, I, I would love, it would be great if, if ministries would take the time and just in when they're teaching things to rightly divide the word and break it down for the people to understand and not just make blanket statements and have people make up their own interpretations about it. The body of Christ would be so much fur, further along, uh, further along if we if the, if if we didn't we didn't just think that people was gonna get it on their own. See, if you could get it on your own, there would be no need for fivefold ministry gifts. He says he's given some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That means you can't be perfected by yourself. You need some help. It includes me too, because I believe every pastor needs to have a pastor. I don't believe that there should be no renegade pastors. There's, there's no top of the totem pole in the body of Christ. You always subject to somebody, even if it's just the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? Sometimes people think they get them in, 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 in you no know, pastor church. They don't, they don't have to answer nobody. No, 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 no. If you're in a place like that, you need to run as fast as you can away from that place. Because if you're not accountable to somebody and you're not submitted to somebody, you can do what you want to do and then call it God. And then throw scriptures out like, touch not my anointing and do his prophets no harm. No, you out of order, Jack. Somebody need to touch you. Somebody need to sit you down and get you straight. Because you're messing up the lives of people. Is everybody all right? But just because you know three scriptures you think you're called, you are not. Praise Jesus. I would not have chosen this if I, had my, uh, if I had my choice. I would not have. I'd be selling cars, racing cars. I would be. I'd be an architect. Somehow, I'd, be some, I'd be in business somewhere. I'd be, I'd be a part of a church. If, if, if this wasn't a calling for me, folks, I'd be sitting out with you. But this is what my assignment is. This is my purpose. And I know I'm called. And then listen to this. Just because I call, I'm called, I still got to put work in. Amen. I can't just sit there and say, Lord, you're going to give me, you got to give me something for Sunday. And not study and not grow myself. Because I'm a Christian before I'm a pastor. I wish more understood that. But that's not my lesson either. Y'all getting, that's the third lesson y'all got today. Y'all praise the Lord. I mean, y'all prayed, y'all prayed, y'all prayed longer this morning or something? Because it's a flow in here today, man. I love it too, boy. Glory to God. And I'm going to keep on flowing until the, until, until the, until the containers are all full. <laughs> Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Mm-mm-mm. Praise God. Acts chapter 2. Look at this. So, Jesus said in Acts 1, you're going to be baptized with what? Okay, uh, can you put up Acts chapter 1, verse number 5 again on the screen, please? Just, just that one verse. Okay, 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 let's all read this together. Ready, read. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So let me ask my question again. Jesus said you're going to be baptized with what? All right, there we go. 
not many days from now. So it's going to be a soon, it's, it's soon, because he says not many days. Got it? Let's look at Acts chapter 2. Look at verse number 1. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What do you think that place was? Jerusalem, absolutely. Now, if cars were in existence when, when if cars were in existence when the disciples, when in this situation with the disciples, I could prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that the disciples were driving a Honda Accord. Why? Because they was all in one accord in one place. Praise God, all right. <laughs> Y'all going to use that tomorrow. Where going? Uh. Verse number two. And suddenly, everybody shout suddenly. I'm going to shout it. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse three says, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Now, theologians tell us and I, that there was 120 in this place. So now, in this experience now, 120 tongues of fire came from heaven. Praise God. And because each one of them had a tongue. So there was a tongue for each person, 120. You got it? He says here, uh, where they were sitting, then there appeared divided, uh, divided tongues as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with what? With what? The Holy Spirit, and began to do what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. Now, now let, let, let's, let's, let's connect these two. Jesus said in Acts 1, not many days hence, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 was the manifestation of that declaration, but he called it being filled with the Spirit. So now, through our, through our uh, study, we not, now know that baptism with Holy Spirit and being filled with Holy Spirit are the exact same thing. Just different ways of saying it. Just like you say, I'm saved or I'm born again, exact same thing. Got it? So we're not talking about something different here in Acts chapter 2. We're talking about the same thing, baptized with the Holy Spirit, Filled with the Holy Spirit. Y'all got it? But now look what happened when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they began to speak with what? Other tongues. That's the closer now. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So the tongues didn't come from themselves. The tongues came from the Spirit. So the Spirit came up in them and caused them to be able to connect with the tongue that came from heaven and be able to speak. Is everybody seeing this so far? Yes? Now, in this particular case, because I know I have some, some Bible scholars here, in this particular case, the purpose of this was to minister the gospel to everybody from every nation because they were there for census. Okay? So now, we, if we continue to read the story, I think, it was, was it 3,000 in this one? 3,000 people got saved in this particular episode? Why? Because all of them heard the gospel in their language. Amen. But now some people think that that was the only reason why Holy Spirit or baptism of Holy Spirit were given, and it's not because we're going to find out from Scripture. Oh, gosh. In the next uh, five minutes, we're going to, uh, five or ten minutes, we're going to find out 
that it didn't stop here. You got it? It didn't stop here. Now, so uh, write these down in your notes because I don't want to go there for a sake of time because you, you, you're smart enough to look these up yourself, right? Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 46. Acts 10, 44 through 46. The Bible says that when Holy Spirit fell on them, they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. But notice how it's written, when it fell on them. Not fall in them, but fall, fell on them. Okay, because there's a difference of being within and upon. Y'all clear? And then write this down, Acts 19, verse 6. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. The Bible says that when Paul laid hands on them, they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. Okay? So now, we see now the function of Holy Spirit or being baptized with Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with tongues happening well beyond the day of Pentecost. You see that? So now, if it happened well beyond the day of Pentecost, it was not designed just to be for the day of Pentecost. Is everybody with me? Now, let's go a little further. The second truth I want you to get out of this is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Spirit, listen to this, is evidenced by speaking with other tongues. That's the sign. That's the evidence. When you get born again, the sign is a new spirit and a seal of the Spirit. Ephesians says we've all been sealed with the spirit of the promise. So now when you're, look, when you're looked at in spirit realm, in the spirit realm, take away all the natural stuff, there is a divine godly seal on your life that, that proves to the devil and his crowd you don't belong to him anymore. How many glad about that? That's the sign. That's the evidence. Now, being baptized or filled with the spirit, the evidence is the ability to speak with other tongues. That's the sign. That's the evidence. Everybody clear? Okay, now, I got to tackle this before I let you go. Because I know this is a big deal in the body of Christ, particularly in certain denominations. Because whenever there's a discussion about speaking with other tongues, this statement comes up quite often. Doesn't there need to always be an interpreter? Anybody heard that before? You speak in tongues, got to have an interpreter. Okay, I heard that when I was in, uh, in uh, the church before I was, <clears throat> before uh, I got filled with the Spirit. Should, when you speak in tongues, they got to be an interpreter. Okay, let's, let's find out what the Bible says. Because, folks, one thing I want you to get from being around me in, in, in this ministry, don't just take people's word for it. Always, even if you have to do your own personal study, check what's being said out. Are y'all getting this? Don't just open up your mouth like a baby chick and just eat everything that's been put in there. No, there's some things that is not correct even though it's coming across or from the pulpit. Y'all hearing this? That's why I do my best to give you scriptural background. So you can see it for yourself, and it will be in every Bible that you pick up, and it's not a Bible that we hand out here at FCCI. We don't make up our own Bible so you can believe a certain way. No, we want you to believe the truth of God's Word. 
And so, folks, just don't take things. Well, well, if you speak in tongues, you've got to be an interpreter. If there's no interpreter, you're supposed to, you're not supposed to speak in tongues. Okay, let's, let's find out what the Bible says. Because the Bible will give us the truth on it. Amen? And it's the truth that's going to make you free. Not somebody's thought about it. You got that so, got that so far? So let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, open up your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now let me see this, let me say this. Uh, the third truth I want you to get out of this. All right, let me, let me just go back and make sure you got everything. The first truth is Jesus released the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Y'all got that? Second truth is the baptism of the Holy Spirit being filled with the Spirit is evidenced by speaking with other tongues. You got that? And then the third truth is this. There is a dual purpose for other tongues. There is a dual, meaning two, purposes for a tongue, for the other tongues. How many purposes? Two. Okay, so there is a personal edification. First purpose is for personal edification. And the second purpose is for public demonstration. Okay, say personal edification and public demonstration. So that's the two purposes for speaking with other tongues. Y'all got that? Now let's look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 1. All right, look at this. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may what? Prophesy. Now that's going to be real clear in just a moment. But verse 2 is what we, one of the verses we want to pay attention to here. It says, for he who speaks in a tongue, we're talking about other tongues here, speaks in a tongue, look at this, does not speak to who? Men, but to who? God. So when a person speaks in another tongue, personally, he does not speak to men, he speaks to who? God. For no one understands him, how, however, in the spirit, he speaks what? Mysteries. He speaks hidden things when he speaks in other tongues personally. Got it? But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation to men. That's why he says, I want you to desire all spiritual gifts, but I really want you to prophesy because when you prophesy, you benefit everybody. Got it? He says here, he who speaks in a tongue or unknown tongue edifies who? Who? But he who prophesies edifies the church. So now if I speak in tongues personally, I'm edifying only one person, me, myself, and I. But if I prophesy, like I'm doing now, I'm prophesying now, guess what? All of you are benefiting from this. Because it's in a tongue that you understand. Y'all clear? But look at what Paul says in the first part of verse 5. I just want to read the first part of verse number 5. He says, I wish you all spoke with what? Tongues. How many believe Paul was a man of God? How many believe that Paul heard from God? How many believe that Paul was called of God? So now with a man of God, called of God, heard, uh, hears from God, would he say that he wished you that you speak in tongues if it was not of God? Hello? Would he or would not he? He would, he would say if it was from God, right? So here, now I want to, I want to talk to you. So the purpose or, yeah, the, the benefits of the first purpose of tongues, which is personal edification, this is what happens. You don't speak to men. 
So if you're not speaking to men, why does it need to be interpreted? But who are you speaking to? You're speaking to who? God. God knows exactly what you're saying because he the one gave you the tongue. Right? Secondly, he speaks mysteries. He speaks hidden things. Praise God. I wish I had time to go back over there to 1 Corinthians, uh, I think chapter number 1, when it talks, oh, glory to God, I can't do it, I can't do it. Uh, but he speaks mysteries. In other words, when you pray in the Spirit personally, you're releasing things that's not even revealed yet. You're releasing things that you don't even know that's even going to occur yet. But you're setting up some success in your future before you ever get to that place. You're setting some things up in the Spirit. You're already praying about some things that will happen in your life before they even happen in your life. You're taking care of them in 2019, and you're praying about stuff in 2022. And when you get to 2022, the answer has already been given, and you already know what you're supposed to do. Why? Because you prayed for it in 2019. But you had no idea what you was praying for, but you was releasing mysteries in the spirit realm. That's why things shouldn't catch you off guard. Because you should be taking care of some things next week, today. Well, pastor, what am I taking care of? I don't know, but the spirit does. So when you get the unction to go pray in the Holy Spirit, then you ought to stop what you're doing and just pray in the Holy Spirit because there's something that, God, that he wants to release in my life that's going to take care of some stuff before I ever get there so I don't have to go through some things. See, I don't know how many accidents I have avoided in my life for by me praying in the Spirit. I don't know how many answers have been already hung up in heaven just waiting for me to meet that divine opportunity that wisdom has already been prayed for and when I get there, wisdom is just downloaded in me and I know exactly what to do and I don't have to, I don't have to pause. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Because I, what am I doing? I'm releasing mysteries, hidden things. And it's hidden because God doesn't want the enemy to eavesdrop. Because when you pray in tongues, he doesn't have a clue what you're saying. Because he didn't, he's lost his spiritual, his spiritual aptitude when he fell. And really the only reason why he knows some of the stuff that's happening in your life now is because you didn't open up your mouth. If you just keep your mouth shut, he won't know some stuff. You ever, you ever realize when you started complaining about stuff, it get worse? Because you didn't told him what's bothering you, now he's maximizing on what's bothering you, and he's magnifying it. Because you let him in on what's been troubling you. If you just keep your mouth shut, he'll never know. Are y'all hearing this? But he speaks what? Mysteries. Mysteries. See, this day right here, some of the revelation that's coming forth in what I'm saying today, I prayed this out long ago. I had no clue I was praying out, but I'm, I prayed out, and I just stepped in the moment that I created through my prayer. And I'm just hearing the wisdom that's already been laid up in the atmosphere for me from when I prayed, I don't know how long ago, but I'm just hearing now the download, and I'm just releasing it. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. 
We talk about the fullness, y'all. We're not talking about just a little bit of do you, a little dab of do you. We talk about the fullness. But what are we talking about? We're talking about that personal edification. And when we're talking, we use this personal edification of tongues, we also edify ourselves. We build ourselves up. Look at Jude 20. Look at Jude verse 20 real fast. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Look at this, praying in the what? Holy Spirit. Y'all see that? Now notice now, when you pray in the Spirit, you don't get faith. Read the Scripture. People will tell you that you get faith when you pray in the Spirit. You do not. You do not get faith when you pray in the Spirit. Faith comes by hearing, not by praying. Now, when you pray the Word and you hear the Word, when you hear the Word, when you pray it, you get faith, but you don't get faith when you pray in tongues. The Scripture says you build yourself up while you're in faith. So in other words, you strengthen yourself as you're walking and living by faith. You strengthen yourself by praying in Holy Spirit. This is making sense to anybody today. Boy, I'm working hard today, but that's all right. I'm ready for you. Glory to God. Because I want you to get the fullness. So if this is something for me, you mean to tell me, Pastor, I could have been praying out some answers for the trouble I'm in right now three months ago and my answer to you is yes you could have but you needed to have received the baptism with Holy Spirit and be able to speak with tongues and the devil wants to shut this down because he wants to say it's of the uh, he wants people to say it's of the devil this is, this is well beyond the ability of the devil. Why would the devil give you something to talk to God with? Come on, folks. This is, use your common sense. No, I should say, read your Bible. Why would the devil give you something to talk to God with? He says he prays not unto men, but he speaks to God. So the devil's going to give you something to talk to God with. Are you serious? But the idea is you never read your Bible. You just listen to what somebody said, and you think they know everything, but they don't. Because the devil can still use people in the pulpit. Because he tried to use it in my life. Because the pastor that we were sitting up on told us, quite frankly, the speaking in tongues was of the devil. And when people, when we went to churches visiting, and he was a guest preacher, and people started speaking in tongues, he wanted to cast the devil out of them. We need to pray for that one right there. We need to cast that devil out. He was over there speaking in them tongues. Lack of knowledge. And people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Can I, can I get 10 more minutes from y'all? No, really, can I get it? Oh, Jesus. Just think about it. He speaks not unto man, but unto God. So now the devil's going to give you aid to talk to God. Okay, here you go. Use this to talk to God to defeat me. People not reading your Bible. They're not reading your Bible. They come to church, 
Some bring the Bible, some bring them. The, now, I ain't on the problem because, you know, we put it up on the screen for you. But some churches don't have the ability to put it up on the screen. And people still come to church with no Bible. Just sit there and listen. Mm-hmm, preach, mm-hmm, preach, mm-hmm, preach. And faith comes by hearing. So whatever's being preached, they're going to get faith for. So if somebody sits up in the pulpit and preaches that tongues are of the devil and then don't show you scripture to combat it, you will go away from there believing that tongues are of the devil. And if you believe it's of the devil, you'll stay away from it. And then you'll talk about other people who do it. Because whatever you don't understand, you'll talk about. Don't raise your hand, but anybody here ever call somebody that, that belonged to a sanctified church? Call them holy rollers? Yeah, we have, because we understand. But them people over here might not have knowledge of the word, but they live in a more, more, a better moral life than many of us. Oh, y'all want to say amen to that? You can quote 17 scriptures. They only can quote one, but they not, but they not sleep with everybody. Can I still get 10 minutes? Okay, praise the Lord. All right. Ha <laughs> ha! Woo! You got to love this. You have to love the Word of God. Man, I love this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let's go, to, let's go jump down a little bit further in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Now, I want to encourage you as your homework, uh, read the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 14 for your homework, okay? All right? For your homework. Homework in church? Yeah. It's called study. Bible says study to show yourself approved. Uh-huh. You didn't think I was going there, did you? 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse number 26. Okay, now, because Paul, he, he, Paul does a, oh man, Paul through Holy Spirit does a masterful job just going through the scripture and just explaining different parts and transitioning from the first purpose of baptism of the Holy Spirit of personal edification and moves into the public demonstration of it. Oh man, he does a masterful job of that. You got, you got to read it just to see how Holy Spirit just, just let him just roll through this stuff, man. It, it's, just, it's, just, it's just awesome, okay? But look at verse number 26, 1 Corinthians, verse number 26. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come, what? Together. So now we're talking about more than one, right? So as soon as you see that word together, you're not by yourself now. You are now with at least one other person or probably a group of people because he says each one of you has a psalm has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Ooh, that's so important. It has an interpretation. Let all be done for edification. So Paul is saying now, when you come together with a group of people, everything that's done in a corporate setting should be done and must be done so that everyone in the corporate setting will leave edified. Y'all see that? Not just a group of people few people, everybody that comes together should leave edified. Okay? So he says now here, verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one, come on, y'all read it. What? 
See, I pass, I told you, you got to have an interpreter when you speak in tongues. You're absolutely right when you're in a corporate setting. Let them speak in tongue, in another tongue, but let one interpret. Why? Because everybody needs to leave edified. If I got up here and spoke to, and taught a lesson in tongues, none of you would leave edified unless somebody came up behind me and interpreted what I said in tongues so you can understand it. Now you can leave with some edification. But if we were in a prayer setting, a prayer meeting, and somebody said, let's all pray personally, I can pray in tongues and not have an interpretation at all behind it. Because the intent is not to get a public message across. The intent is to build myself up. Are y'all catching this? But there, if there is no interpreter in the public setting for a public purpose, if there is no interpreter, let him, the one who has a tongue, keep silent in the church and let him go back to the personal. And let him go back to the personal and let him speak to himself and to Come on, y'all, come on, and to God. That sounds like the personal side, doesn't it? He says, listen, if you're in a corporate setting and you don't have an interpreter for the tongue you want to give, you need to hush your mouth and speak unto yourself and unto God. In other words, build yourself up and talk to God in tongues. That means you're going to be, the volume is going to be such that it doesn't disturb somebody else from receiving what they need to receive in a corporate setting. Oh, gosh. I hope y'all getting this today. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge, but if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all be encouraged, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For, look at verse 33, for God is not the author of what? Confusion. But of what? Peace. As in all. As in all the churches of the saints. That means in this church and every church after it, there should not be confusion. And I don't know about you, I've gone to places and there's a, there's a word over here and a word over there and a tongue over there and tongue over there and word over here and a shout over there. It's just everybody just jumping up, jump, 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 jump. It just ends up being a mass confusion. That shouldn't happen. Because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And while we have our encounters, God is the one that's given me the authority to be accountable for what happens in this place. Amen. I said amen. Are y'all seeing it? Can y'all see the distinct difference? Yes? No? Maybe so. Come on, help, help me. Talk to me. Can you see it? Can you see the personal side is for you? Can you see the public side is for others? So now if it's for others, it has to be interpreted in a language that others can understand. Right? Yes? Praise God. So the public demonstration now speaks divine messages in other tongues. It must be interpreted in a known language, and it edifies the body. Personal edifies yourself. Public demonstration should end up edifying 
the body with the inclusion or the including of an interpretation of a tongue. Are you with me? Yes. Did that clear up anything for anybody? Wave at me if you got, you got some stuff cleared up. Wave at me, okay? All right, praise God. All right, now, 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 now. Jesus. Okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. I want to leave the benefits of being baptized with the Holy Spirit next week. But I want to talk to you about, real quickly, how to receive this, because I believe faith is present. I believe faith is present in this moment for people to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I believe that. So I don't want to leave you today with faith for it and not give you an opportunity to receive it. Okay? So let me just do this. How, how does one receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Okay? Got to receive it by faith. Have to receive it by faith. This does not come by, your, by head knowledge. Because none of this makes sense to your head. Secondly, it, comes, it can come through the laying on of hands. Now, there's scriptural evidence that the Holy Spirit can fall and a person can be filled with the Spirit. That's what happened to Dr. Wendy. She, it fell on her. But for me, I had hands laid on me. So scriptural evidence that proves both ways are biblical. Okay? But primarily people receive it by the laying on of hands. Okay? But it can fall. Like, if you want to, Right in this moment, if you, if you want to receive it, you can start speaking in tongues right now. Even if you haven't spoken tongues before, you can start right now. You can start, just open up your mouth and yield to the other, and you can start speaking in tongues right now without anybody laying hands on you. It can happen right now. And then number three, you got to yield to the utterance given by Holy Spirit himself. See, you already know English. So when you're filled with the Spirit, it would not come out as, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. That's English that you already know. It's going to come through a tongue that you, know, that you don't know and nobody has ever taught you before. Ooh, this, that's why it's supernatural. That's why it's supernatural. See, if you start speaking in Spanish and you've been taught Spanish, that's not other tongues. Because that's something you learn in the classroom. But if you start speaking in German and you haven't went to school for German, that's supernatural. Are y'all with me? So everybody stand, everybody stand, because I, I want to, everybody stand, praise God. And uh, let's just start praising God just for a moment. Let's just start praising God for a moment, because I, I believe there's faith present for people to receive this. I really do. I really do. Let's just start praising God. Everybody all over the place, just lift your hand and just start praising God. Just thank God for the revelation. Thank God for Holy Spirit. Thank God for, oh gosh, the supernatural. Come on, let's, let's thank God today. Come on. Praise God. Yes, 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 yes. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Now, I got to take care of this first, though, because the baptism into the Holy Spirit, baptism into, uh, into the body of Christ, rather, is a requirement to be water baptized and baptized with Holy Spirit. So I got to make sure that everybody here today is saved. So if you're here today and you're not saved, but you want to give your heart to Jesus, 
I need you to quickly lift your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not giving my heart to Jesus as of today, but I want to get saved today. If that's you, uh, just lift your hand right where you're standing, just real boldly. Pastor, I'm not saved, but I want to get saved today. Pastor, I'm not saved, but I want to give my life to Jesus today. Okay, praise God. So that means everybody's saved in this place. Okay, now, if you are here today and you're saved and you've identified that you are because you didn't raise your hand to be saved, and you have faith in this moment to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to, without, without hesitation, come and, and, and stand in front of me up here. To Come and stand in front of me up here. You have faith to receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to come without hesitation. I know there's some in here. I know there's some. Don't worry about any other people. I need you to come and stand before me now in Jesus' name. If you do not speak with other tongues, and this lesson today has given you faith to receive. You need to be standing in front of me now in Jesus' name. I don't care, young, old, in between. It doesn't make a difference. If you have faith to receive today, I need you standing in front of me now in Jesus' name. There's nothing to be ashamed about. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. This is your time. This is your moment right now. Come in Jesus' name come in Jesus name. I believe that there's uh, some men here. I believe there's some men here that you know you know you need more to lead your family and this is it. I'm telling you this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Come now. Come now. This is this is come now. Praise God. Come now. If you're watching this online you need to be born again or you want to be filled with the Spirit, just stretch forth your hand towards whatever device, television screen, you're watching this on today, and that's going to be your point of contact, and I'm going to speak into your life and command you in the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence with speaking with other tongues. Receive that now. Lift your hands up wherever you are and just yield to the utterance. Don't think about talking in your native language, but just begin to, it's a bubbling up. Yeah, it's a bubbling up that's coming on the inside of you right now. There's some bubbling up. Release it now out of your mouth in Jesus' name. And when you get that evidence, you want, make sure you contact us and let us know that you've received this on today in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, I need, you, I need you standing in front of me. It's going to be so easy. It's going to be so quick. I'm telling you, there's faith present in this place for you to receive. Come on, you got you to gotta learn to move on faith. Right? I mean, move in the moment. Praise God. This is not something you need to go home and think about and pray about. We've shown, you to, shown it to you in the Scriptures. You need to be standing in front of me now in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Come receive. This is your time. This is your moment. It's time to receive in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. The power of God is here. Yes, in Jesus' name. Where are the others? Come on. I, I know there's a man. There's a man that needs to receive this today. 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 
There are some questions you have about your family that you cannot answer. And this is your answer. You need to get it today. Come on, man of God. Come on. Glory to God. Come on, man of God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Woo, Jesus. Glory to God. Dr. Wendy, come join me. Praise God. Amen. Y'all stretch forth your hands. Listen, if you're filled with the Spirit, if you're already filled with the Spirit, just go ahead and re begin to release it out of your belly now. Just begin to pray in the Spirit for these. It's going to be so easy. It's going to be so easy. I'm telling you, it's going to be so easy. I'm telling you right now, like I know my name, it is going to be so easy. Come on, if you need to be here, be here. Come on, get here. If you need to be here, be here. Praise God. Yeah. So if you're filled with the Spirit, if you're already filled with the Spirit, just go ahead and begin to release it out of your belly now. Just begin to pray in the Spirit for these. It's going to be so easy. It's going to be so easy. I'm telling you, it's going to be so easy. I'm telling you right now, like I know my name, it is going to be so easy. Come on, if you need to be here, be here. Come on, get here. If you need to be here, be here. Praise God. Yes, yes. Just start, all of you who are filled with the Spirit, pray. just pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Are we still live? Okay. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Tune in next week for another great encounter with God. Come on, let's celebrate them that watch us on our campus on today. Praise God. Come on, let us know that you will feel today. Amen.